Good evening, everybody. Or welcome to this session. My name is Joseph Ibekwe, and um, I'm your instructor tonight on um, from Flood Institute as part of our mandatory continuing professional leadership education program. Professional mandatory continuing professional leadership development program. If you know you can hear me, please type yes. Let me hear your chats. If you can hear me, say yes, I can hear you. Let me have your chat coming in. Confirm that you're there and let's be sure that we're together at this class. This is a master class, it's an introductory master class to help you understand some little issues about leadership. Leadership is amorphous. There are different dimensions of it. Each time we pick one aspect of it and explain to our members to understand how these things affect their lives. So I hope that um, what you pick here tonight will help you. Please confirm if you can hear me. Oh, great. So, So, so let's move on quickly. Wow. Now take a look at this. The power of perception. Let's, okay. The power of perception in leadership practice. The power of perception in leadership practice. Take a look at this picture. Two people are standing on different sides of a particular object. This one is seeing it and says that this object is six. The other person is sit standing there and saying, this is nine. Each of them is correct. Each of them is correct. Yet, each of them is trying to prove that the other person is wrong. They are, each of them is correct from where they are standing. But as far as they are concerned, they want to tell the other person that this particular object is what they think it is, or what they see it is. And so the person seeing the object as six is insisting and pointing and emphasizing that that particular object is six. And is trying to convince the other person that it is six. The other person saying, no, this object is not six because it is nine. As far as I'm concerned, from where I'm standing, this object is nine. So you see there's a confusion. Each of them is correct, yet none, they are not agreeing. They are correct because of where they stand. From their perspective, individual perspective, they are correct. But yet, they are not agreeing. This one is insisting it is six. The other one is insisting it is nine. So this is one thing that happens in leadership. 
everyone sees something from their perspective. And sometimes you insist that you are right and the other person is wrong. So, in this course, we are going to focus on three key things. The truth of the matter is that we are creatures of perspectives and perceptions. We are creatures of perspective and perceptions. So we're going to be taking a look at this course from three, three angles. Perception formation process, perception deconstruction process, and perception modification process. So these three um, dimensions are what I'm going to be covering in this short course. I'd like you to follow me and uh, please get your barrel, get your pen and put something down because this um, slice will not be shared, will not be given to you. So please take notes because you're going to take a short quiz after this class by in a couple of hours from now. So what is perception? There are some key words that are associated with the word perception. One is awareness. One is view. Another one is opinion. The other one is picture or reading or experience or assessment or a slant. Please, if you can see my slide, please type yes. If you can see my slide, type yes. Let me be sure that you're, you are with me. If you can see my slide, please type yes. If you can see my slides, please tap here so that I'll be sure that um Okay, fine. You can see my slides. Alright, so now awareness view. If you notice, most of these things have to do with the way individuals perceive things. The way you see your awareness and my awareness are not the same. Your view, because your eyes and my eyes are not the same. The way you see things are not the way I see things. So I see things from my eyes. And as far as I'm concerned, what I see is correct. And when you see things from your own eyes, you are correct. But the problem arises when you try to tell me that what I'm seeing is wrong and that what you're seeing is right. And that is where the problems begin to arise. Your opinion is your opinion. My opinion is my opinion. My opinion is right. Your opinion is right. The picture, of, the picture you see is different from the picture I see because our eyes are different. The way you, you interpret things is different from the way I interpret things. And that's what I mean by reading. The way you interpret things or interpret situations or interpret circumstances or you interpret happenings or events, they are different from the way I interpret them. And so it would be wrong for me to say that the way you are interpreting things is wrong. 
because you are different from me and I'm different from you. So as far as you are concerned, you are seeing it right. Now, another thing is experience. No two of us in life have the same experiences. So when I'm seeing, I'm interpreting situations and circumstances based on my experience, I will interpret poverty based on my experience. I will interpret wealth based on my experience. I will interpret many things based on my experience. You also will interpret situations based on your experience. That means you are right and I'm also right. So it will not be right for me to say you are wrong because your experience and my experience, they are not the same. The same thing applies to the word assessment or slant. So these are the words. You can go back and look at them in more detail, but these are some words that I use that are associated with the word perception. Okay? All right. Now, let's get into the thing. perception formation process. Perception formation process. Now, I want you to look at that. First of all, follow me. We are, number one is that we are all humans. All of us, we are all humans. And being humans, we begin to identify each of us or, you know, from, two, from three men perspectives. Your sex, whether you are a male or you are a female or a hermaphrodite or you are whatever. We talk about your sex, okay? You are a male or you are a female. Then we talk about your, your ethnicity or your race. For us in Nigeria, we talk about tribe. Whether you're Yoruba, whether you're Aousa, you're a Igbo, or you are whatever, Efik, or Ijo, or Nupe, or Fulani, or Tiv, or Idoma, whatever thing it is, you're ethnist. If you're looking at the global picture, you talk about your race, whether you're black, or you're yellow, you're green, or whatever it is. So we see people first from their sex differentiation. Second, their ethnicity or their race. Third, we look at them from the angle, the eye of religion. Which religion do they practice? Let's say we take, for instance, in the Christian community, all of us are Christians. Then we enter into Christianity, which denomination does he or she belong? So we keep disaggregating people based on these subdivisions. But fundamentally, we are all humans. Then from there, we begin to get into the, what we call stereotypes. Stereotyping people based on their sex, stereotyping based on their ethnicity, stereotyping based on their race, stereotyping based on their religion. We're going to be taking a look at the concept of stereotyping because it's very, very important. It's key. Now, I said, these are perception formation process. How we, you know, um, view people. This is how it all starts. Then from, from stereotyping, we move into stigmatization. From stereotyping, we move into stigmatization. We stigmatize people based on their sex, their ethnicity, their race, their religion, we stigmatize them. I'd like you to follow because we are talking about 
perception formation process. As a leader, you must know how these things work, the, the gradation, how they form, how people begin to do things the way they do it, and how it comes about. Then from stigmatization, you become hatred. Hatred comes on board. You hate people. Not because you want to hate them, not because you knew them from Adam, but because of stereotyping, stigmatization, hatred comes in. From hatred, you get into punishment. You begin to punish those people because either of their sex, their ethnicity, their religion. I'm going to take you a little further on this. As I said, this is what I call perception formation process. Each of us goes through this process knowingly or unknowingly. Consciously or unconsciously, we go through this process. Now, what is stereotype? Stereotype, okay? About label. Placing a label on people. They carry it, you are the one placing it on them, they don't even know. Just like you go to a, a boutique, you pick up a shirt, a label is on that shirt. So that cloth bears, wears, bears that label. Not because the label is the cloth, but because the, that label is that cloth, you can say, I am wearing Gucci, I am wearing this. So you place label on people, because of that label you place on them, you treat them based on that label. You put a cast, another word is what you call cast. Because of whatever thing it is, they are placed under a caste. They have no choice. It is what you have decided or a group of people have decided to place on a certain type of people. You place a caste on them and relate with them because of that caste. You deny them things because of your place a label on them. You categorize them. You put them in, 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 in a carton, as it were. You put them in a pigeonhole. A small pigeonhole, you put them there. So everything around them, everything about them is seen from that pigeonhole. You have no global picture of who they are, what they can do, the possibilities they possess, and what they can accomplish. You just pigeonhole them because of stereotype. Stereotype limits your capacity to view people as humans. Stereotype limits your capacity to relate with people freely. Stereotype means your capacity to, to freely associate with people, bless them, help them, and do whatever good that you can do to them because of stereotype, because of what you have been told about people. I'll be giving practical examples in the course of this class. So, pigeonhole, categorize, place a cast, and you label people. Now, from, from a stereotyping, you move into stigmatization. You brand them, you defame them, you denounce them, you slaughter them. Now, one thing with, um, with, with stereotype is that they are internal. Stigmatization begins to come, become practical demonstration or practical um, product of, of, of stereotyping. Stereotyping is what you have in your mind concerning those people. Stigmatization begins to become the outward expression towards those people because of the stereotype you have in your mind concerning them. You brand them, you defame them, you do things deliberately 
you defame them. You denounce them. You denounce them. You even say it with words. When you stereotype people, it's in your mind. Nobody knows it, but in your mind it's right there. How we begin to see it is, is by stigmatization. You begin to do certain things in certain ways because of what you have in mind or concerning those people. So you defame them, you brand them, you denounce them, and you place laws on them. Now, from this thing, it moves on to hatred. You abhor them, you detest them, you walk away from them, you, you disgust them, you, you, they are disgusting to you. You, 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 you demonstrate animosity. You have extreme dislike for them. I'm sure some of you can relate to these things. Because you are Yoruba, because you are Aosa, because you are Fulani, because you are Igbo, because you are Idoma, because you are Efik, just because you are from where you came from. The person has never had personal contact with you, never got to know who you are as a person, your perspective about life, your, your, your potentials, your capacities, your capabilities, but because of a stereotype based on ethnicity, he abhors you. It doesn't give you a chance to even demonstrate who you are or what you can accomplish or what you can do. He detests you because you come to an office because he says you are a Yoruba person. Immediately, something arouses from the inside of him without giving you a chance because he hates you. And it springs from what? Stereotyping, stigmatization, hatred. From this, you move to the next level. Animosity is there. Remember I talk about perception formation process. These things do not happen overnight. They are a process. Sometimes we start them from childhood. We groom young people to begin to stereotype other people by the statements we make to them, by the things we tell them, by the things we teach them, by the way we show them, we relate with other people, this will begin to build them or begin to build them or begin to prepare them for a life of stereotyping, of stigmatization, and of hatred of people. These things are a process. Okay? And so, from that hatred, people begin to receive punishment. A sentence is passed on them. They receive penalty. They are castigated, they are abused, they are mistreated, they are maltreated. You will not receive promotion because. You will not even be given employment because. You write a letter and your name bears a certain ethnic tribe, you are not regarded, not given an opportunity. These things exist in our environment. Remember, I start from stereotyping. From stereotyping, we get into what? Stigmatization. Stigmatization, you get into what? Hatred. It's a process. It's a process. You abuse people. Sorry. You abuse them. You mistreat them. Not because they have done anything to you personally, 
you maltreat them, not because of they have done anything to you personally, but because of stereotype. Because of stereotype. People suffer for what they don't know. They're wondering, what did I do to this man? What did I do to these people? They're treating me this way. They don't even give me a chance to prove myself. Many people in our country are suffering from these things. Ethnic, religious, whatever, sex, because you are a female, you're not given an opportunity to prove yourself. Because you are a male, you are castigated, you are relegated, you are treated with summer just because you are a male or because you are a female. Everyone suffers this stereotype in one way or the other. The magnitude might be different. But the truth is, each of us suffer these things at different levels. And as leaders, we must begin to understand this is the way these things are, so that we can begin to deconstruct them, to enable us to act differently. And so that takes me to perception deconstruction process. PDP. I'm not talking about PDP, political party. Perception deconstruction process. How does it work? First, I want to share with you what I call the human commonality spectrum. Human commonality spectrum. We are all flesh. We all have flesh. We have blood. We breathe. And we have needs. These are the four things that unite all of us. We have flesh. We have blood, we breathe, and we have needs. So when you begin to see people from this spectrum, your attitude to people begins to change. First, this is a human being that has flesh. He has blood. He, he has breath, and he has needs. I put the needs in red because I'm going to fo focus on that. Because in deconstructing perception, you must see human being from the angle of needs. Now, to modify perception, okay, let me, let me, let me say a little more on, uh, on this. What I mean by deconstructing. What I mean by deconstructing is that first, see human beings as having flesh. They are not stone. They are not wood. They, but human beings that have flesh. That means they have feelings. They have emotions. They also have fears, they have doubts, they have aspirations, okay? Now, they have blood flowing in their veins. Their blood is red just as your own is red. Their own is not white, their own is not green, theirs is not yellow. The same blood flowing in you is also flowing in them. So you see, that's what makes, that's what I call the commonality, the human commonality spectrum. We all need breath. We breathe. None of us breathes carbon dioxide. We all breathe oxygen. So it is common to all of us. We breathe air. We don't breathe nitro nitrogen, nitrogen dioxide. We don't breathe carbon dioxide. We don't breathe methane to survive. We breathe oxygen to survive. So this is part of our commonality as humans. And also, we also have, each of us have needs. We have needs. These are the things that bring us to one flat level. All of us. 
whether you are tall, whether you are short, whether you are educated, you are not educated, these are the things that make us humans and common. And so when you begin for you to deal with issue of stereotypes and stigmatizations and all of that, you must see human beings, first of all, begin to see human beings from these four dimensions. Flesh, blood, breath, needs. Okay, so having done that, they constructed human beings and brought all of us at a common level of flesh, blood, breath, and needs. Then we can be talking about to modify our perception. Perception modif modification process. For you to modify your perception about people, you must see them from the knees, the knees based, I'm approaching from what I call the knees based perception. That is, perception modification process begins from the acceptance that human beings are creatures of needs. Every human is a creature of need. We are needy people. All of us are needy people. Every human being has need. And I'm going to show you the spectrum or the ecology of human needs. There's no human being who does not have a need. And so, for you to modify your, your perception about, him, about people, you must start from what I call the needs base. Understand that every human being has a need. Now, to change the way we perceive people, we must begin to see people based on their needs, not on their culture, not on their ethnicity, not on their religion, not on their sex, but based on needs. So as a leader, you begin to see people based on needs. So let's take a look at how this will help us to modify our perception about people. Because until your perception is changed about people, your leadership is suspect. You cannot deliver effectively on leadership. Okay? So this is what I call the ecology of human needs. The ecology of human needs. Every human being needs love, need food, need shelter, needs air, needs water, need knowledge, needs appreciation, needs recognition. Every human being needs relationships. He needs worship. He needs safety. He has need for association. He has need for freedom. He has need for voice. He wants his voice to be heard. He has need for economic freedom, economic liberty. And he has need for movement and mobility. Every human being wants to move. He wants to be mobile. Every human being needs love, wants to be loved. See? Every human being needs food to eat to survive. Basic needs. Shelter. He wants to live in a comfortable, decent place. Every human being needs it. Needs clean air to breathe. Needs clean water to drink. He needs knowledge to prove himself to enable him to contribute better to his society. Every human being needs appreciation. Needs to be appreciated for the little contributions he or she makes. And everyone needs recognition. That's why people give people awards. Recognition. Everyone needs relationship. Relationships are important. You need relationship for your survival as a human being. Without no relationship, you can never have a fulfilled life. Need, need for worship. You need to worship something bigger than you are. You need safety. You need to live in a safe and secure environment. 
You need to have assurance that you're safe. You need association. You need to belong to, to association. That's why we have Flood Institute. Become a member of Flood Institute. You need to belong to people that see things the way you see, so to speak. Associate with like minds. Associate where we can learn, where you can be appreciated, where you can be encouraged, become the best that you can be. You need freedom. Everyone needs freedom. Everyone needs his voice to be heard. And every human being you see needs economic freedom and wants to move. Now, as a leader, when you begin to see people based on needs, you will discover that when they're agitating, when they are grumbling, when they are quarreling, when they, you now begin to sit down, what exactly is their need? Once you are able to identify their need, you now begin to take steps to meet those needs. And as you begin to meet those needs, those things that you see that brought about either agitation or complaining or murmuring or criticizing, you begin to reduce them. This is what leadership is all about. Understanding the ecology of human needs and taking deliberate steps to begin to meet those needs. This is what leadership is all about. Okay? Now, perception versus treatment. Perception is actually the way we see things. The way we see things. The way you see things determine the way you treat people. The way you see people determines the way you treat them. Remember what I mean by seeing? I explained that stereotyping, stigmatization, hatred, punishment. The way you see people determines the way you treat them. If you see them as this, you treat them as this. If you see them as that, you treat them as that. This is, there's, there's no two ways about it. In other words, the way you treat people is a proof of how you see them. Someone said, how do you expect me to give attention to people who gave me 5% of their vote during an election? So when someone says that, it shows you how he sees those people and that is how he's going to treat those people. Because the way you see people determines the way you treat them. Okay? Now, Right perception leads to appropriate or fair treatment. Wrong perception leads to inappropriate or unfair treatment. There's no two, these things are not rocket science. They are simple realities of life. The way you see people determines the way you treat them. Okay, so what are the key points? Key points. Everyone has a need. Everyone has needs. Everyone is seeking for opportunity to meet his or her needs. No one person has the capacity to meet all his or her needs. Some people seek to meet their needs by denying other people the opportunity to meet theirs. Why is this so? Let me repeat what I said. Some people seek to meet their needs by denying other people the opportunity to meet their needs. Why is this so? We all have needs. You have need, I have need. Why do you want to get, have your own needs met? 
and deny me the opportunity to meet my own needs. Why do people do that? The simple reason is what I'm going to show you right now. It is because of what? Greed. Greed is the main reason why people want to meet their own needs and in the process they deliberately deny other people from meeting their own needs. Greed. You might also call it selfishness. Okay, so let's dig deeper into that. What then is greed? What is greed? Is a selfish or as excessive desire for more than needed or deserved, especially of money, wealth, food, power, land, or other possessions. In other words, when you desire excessively to have more than needed for your own preservation, more than needed for your own life sustenance, or more than you deserve, especially when it has to do with money, wealth, food, power. Some people want to have all the power in the world so that everybody has to come worship them. You want to have all the lands in the world so everybody come and take from them. Anyone that has that is suffering from the spirit of greed. Okay? Now, why do people crave for extra possessions? Why is it that people crave for extra possessions? Number one, they want to show off. They want to show off. They want to exercise power over others. They want to intimidate others. They want, they want, they, they, they want others to have to worship them or to bow to them. And they want to have others depend on them for survival. Now, these things I'm explaining to us, take a look at your country, whether it makes sense. Some people want all that is, all that, that is around because they want to use it to exercise power over other people. They want to use it to intimidate other people. They want to drive 20 cars to intimidate you in your one car to drive you out of the road. They want to come and worship them and bow before them. So they crave for extra possession so they can become oppressors. And they want you to depend on them for survival. They want you to beg them. So they crave for these things. I will temporarily stop here and I'd like two questions. If you have any questions or any contribution, please go ahead. I want to take some few minutes to take your responses and I'll get back.